Politics, Politics, and Life Sciences Radio, also known as PLS Radio, is a show about the interplay of life sciences and politics. PLS Radio is hosted by Dean L. Finelli, Ph.D., an intellectual property attorney in Washington, D.C., whose practice focuses on issues connected to the life sciences industry. PLS explores cutting-edge topics involving the biotech and pharma ecosystems, political and governmental policy issues affecting the biotech and pharma industries, and much more. PLS guests include scientists, business, medical professionals, media personalities, newsmakers, and political leaders. Politics and Life Sciences Radio is your place for hot topic discussions and real news in the life sciences industry. Now, it's time for Politics and Life Sciences Radio with your host, Dr. Dean L. Finelli. Good afternoon. This is Dean Finale with Politics and Life Science Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today where we talk about all the issues in the life science industry and the politics that drives that industry. We've been focusing a lot on COVID. Obviously, lately, that's the biggest issue in the basically globally. Uh, COVID-19 protection uh, seems to wane uh, after the second Pfizer shot. There's a lot of talk about boosters. A lot of people are tired of hearing about, you know, getting another shot. But you know, when we look at the data, it looks like uh, at least uh, when we're talking about the Pfizer, the mRNA vaccine, uh, it looks like that it's shown that after about 90 days, uh, the immunity starts to wane off. So we've been hearing a lot about uh, we know boosters are now available for people over 18. Uh, a lot of people, you know, seem very frustrated. You know, they figure they were fully vaccinated. They were safe. Uh, but it looks like in order to protect ourselves as we continue to trudge through this pandemic the booster will be necessary so encourage people if you're if you've gotten fully vaccinated if you haven't gotten your booster yet to go out and get that booster um we've heard a lot the big news lately though is that the omicron or omicron variant that has come out of south africa uh it looks like the first case was detected in the u.s i don't think anyone's too surprised about that uh, everyone expected it to be here it looks like you know based on the numbers uh it is a slightly more transmissible, but we'll have to wait for the data to come out on that. Uh, that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, not really a reason to panic. I think, you know, when we hear about these new variants, uh, certainly it's very frustrating for people. But we have a lot more knowledge than we had at the start of the pandemic. Uh, there are obviously vaccines that are available. These are highly effective, at, even against the Delta variant, although the effectiveness was a little less uh, still effective in keeping people out of the hospital and more importantly, from keeping people from dying. Uh, and we know going back to the trials that the trials were aimed at preventing uh, having vaccines that prevented severe, moderate to severe uh, infection, as well as uh, to prevent people to keep them out of the hospital. So the vaccines by and large have uh, been very effective in that. Uh, certainly we've heard a lot of about breakthrough infection, <clears throat> excuse me, infections. Uh, these, do occur. You know, no vaccine is 100% effective. But again, the, the note and the, the bottom line here is that the vaccines are very effective. Uh, the vaccines keep people out of the hospital and prevent the progression of that disease. Uh, we're waiting to see if uh, the vaccines will, how effective they'll be against this new variant. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, highly encourage people uh, to 
go out and get their vaccines if they haven't been vaccinated. We know there's about 15 percent of the people in the U.S. at least who have really dug their heels in and said they wouldn't get vaccinated. And that's really unfortunate because I think, you know, they've dug in, they've dug their heels in uh, and made these comments. But, you know, how do we convince these people to get vaccinated? And unfortunately, it looks like the only way is when they see friends and loved ones get affect, get infected and uh, really th- to see how serious this is. I mean, I can't tell you how many stories there are out there of people uh, in the news that said this was not serious. I'm not getting vaccinated. And then, you know, once they've got it and recovered, have really been uh, changed their tune. And also, unfortunately, we've heard a lot of people that, you know, refused to get vaccinated. were very adamant about that and, you know, passed from the the virus. So, again, hopefully this is not the type of information that will convince people. You know, we know this is going to continue to go on. Variants will continue to pop up uh, until we tackle this from a global perspective. Uh, Sub-Saharan Africa is one of the least vaccinated places on the planet. So I think it's not really surprising to see uh, variants pop up there. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, you know, even in the U.S. where we have uh, a portion of the population that's not vaccinated, you know, that's really what we're talking about when we talk about these variants popping up. Uh, And really, when you think about the this disease, uh, it really has become a disease of the unvaccinated. Uh, By and large, in the U.S., uh, we've heard mandates. We've seen courts strike down mandates Uh, just today with the. Uh, Omicron variant circulating, Germany has pretty much locked down uh, the whole country to unvaccinated people, uh, making only the most uh, important uh, ventures out to uh, to unvaccinated people, particularly to pharmacies and supermarkets. So uh, I don't know if we'll see that here, but certainly, you know, countries are getting uh, a little bit drastic and people are getting very frustrated. Uh, with this. So not surprising that we're seeing uh, what some people may consider a little more draconian rules, but others, of course, think it's the way to go. And, uh, you know, we're not here to tell anyone what to do, of course, but provide factual information. So I'm very glad to bring uh, our guest on today. Our guest is Dr. Jeremy Levin. Jeremy is returning. He is the chairman and CEO of Ovid Therapeutics, uh, the past chairman of the bio, bio organization, biotechnology innovation organization, and he's been voted one of the 25 most influential people in the biopharmaceutical industry. Uh, Dr. Levin, thank you so much for joining us today again. Dean, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. And when you when you heard about the Omicron variant, um, you know, is this kind of, you know, from the, the science perspective, something that you expected to see? Was this, did this pop up sooner or is this kind of just the natural course of of a pandemic? Dean, not surprised at all. Basically, we should expect this. Whenever you allow the virus to have an area where it's replicating in vast numbers of people, it will mutate and variants will arise. In this instance, You quite rightly said, this is a disorder which is encouraged by people not being vaccinated. So the Omicron variant has arisen in a population which is largely unvaccinated. And for the moment, for the moment, it appears that we're lucky. This variant looks like 
the early data is saying that it's controlled by vaccination that looks solid data. It's early data. It's coming out of Israel. However, we should expect that if we continue the pandemic, the real risk is not Omicron. The real risk is something that evades the vaccines and something that might be even more dangerous. This was predictable, understandable, and a direct result of not being able to vaccinate and knock the, vac the virus on its heels. That's a great point. And when we think about, you know, the people out there that are hesitant or resistant to get vaccinated, you know, I brought up earlier, we're in a different position than we were about two years ago. Uh, we have therapeutics. Um, why is it, you know, when you think about people that are saying, okay, I don't need to get vaccinated. You know, there's therapeutics now. I'll just, if I get sick with the vac with the virus, I'll just rely on one of these therapeutics. You know, on this show, I've kind of pushed back against that type of, not that philosophy, saying it's always better to prevent than it is to treat. You know, what would you say to people that are saying, okay, I'm not getting vaccinated. Uh, I'm going to wait for, for a treat. Or if I'm infected, I'll just wait and I'll be treated with an antiviral or one of the other monoclonal antibodies or one of the other available therapeutics. Mm -hmm. Well, we hear that they're both tools, tools for different things. A vaccine has two effects. Number one, it stops you, yourself, getting infected. And should you be infected, it helps you fight off that infection. But it helps mitigate the results. So like you said, death and morbidity in hospital today in the United States are largely a problem seen by people who have not been vaccinated. However, it has a second effect, the vaccine. It stops the virus in its tracks from replicating in people and becoming worse. So by not vaccinating, you're offering safe haven to an enemy. And that enemy is a smart enemy, and that virus will mutate. So that's what vaccines do. The medicines are different. They are designed specifically to help you recover from an infection. They don't stop the virus replicating. They simply help uh, from mutating. It does stop it replicating. It doesn't stop it mutating and spreading from you. So the medicine is very important. If you're sick, it will help you get better but it hasn't stopped the pandemic and cannot stop the pandemic because it's already spread from the sick person to the next person and you've allowed the enemy to escape. This is Dean Fidelli on Politics and Life Science Radio. I'm talking with our guest today, Dr. Jeremy Levin. Uh, Dr. Levin, when you think about you know, getting through this and you know, hearing about these variants, We've heard about, you know, we're going to, this is going to be with us for a while. You know, when we hear those general statements a while, do we, do we think we'll be through this sometime in 2022? I've heard people, experts say, well, this will be around to 2024. If you had a look in your crystal ball, you know, what would you think? Uh, when does the U.S. kind of get back to normal? You know, Dean, I've just returned from a trip to Europe and Israel. 
in Israel, where they have very strict controls, they're very normal. Everybody's living their lives, they're going out, they're eating, they're greeting, they're meeting their families. And they're all vaccinated, every single one of them. So if I look in my crystal ball, I'm going to use your word, it's a long slog. And it's a long slog in the United States because we have a large number of people who are denying the reality in front of their eyes that you need to vaccinate. And if you don't vaccinate, you're allowing this disorder to continue to spread and re-spread. And if you do that, there's no telling how long it can be with us. Normality then will have to be adapted. We'll have to turn to a different kind of normality because if we allow it to spread, we're going to make the assumption that our society will accept thousands and thousands and thousands of people routinely going into hospital with severe illness from COVID. That's not the normality that you and I know. The, the normality that I want to see is what I saw in Israel. Happy families getting together, knowing that they were careful, thoughtful, and handled the enemy. And they do handle it well. In the United States, we face a real challenge. Unless we all admit that we're fighting a war against an invisible enemy and the armaments that we have include sensible social precaution, taking vaccines and being ready to isolate if you are ill. If we don't do that, then we're going to prolong this. I don't know and nobody can predict is it going to be one year or two years. But what I can say without a shadow of a doubt that unless people start taking responsibility themselves for controlling this pandemic, we are going to have a new normal, and the new normal won't look so great. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, in the U.S., self-autonomy seems to uh, be more important than in a lot of European and foreign countries where they take a more communal approach to healthcare. You know, it looks like mandates do work in the U.S., you know, certainly – uh, when employer mandates came out, there was a lot of pushback. But nonetheless, we saw uh, the number of vaccinated people go up. Um, are you a supporter of mandates? Do you think the government should do more to force people to get vaccinated, knowing that, you know, so many billions of people have gotten the vaccine? These are very safe. They're very, obviously, very effective. Uh, should the government step in and, you know, make a little more uh, forceful approach to requiring vaccines? Our government operates at different levels. We have state and we have uh, federal. It is my firm opinion that each state needs to take responsibility for their role in the union and mandate it across the board. At that level, supporting a national mandate is essential. If we're going to defeat this, we must behave as a nation not as isolated individuals. I fear that if we continue along the path that we have, where you have so-called individual rights being trampled on in the context of having to or seem to be trampled on by vaccine mandates, then we will never battle this enemy because the enemy isn't only one that affects an individual. 
it spreads from one individual to the next. So if Americans are, and we are a great nation, if we're going to behave like a nation, the way to behave like a nation is not to say my right trumps everything else, rather to say it's my responsibility to take on this and to be vaccinated so I can stop it, so I can go to church, so I can go to synagogue, so I can worship in the way I want to in a group of people. I can attend football without worrying about spreading it to the next person. And I sure as heck expect every American to face this enemy. We did this in the Second World War. We all got together and faced an enemy. My concern today is that by not facing this enemy as one nation, and it is an enemy, let's not kid ourselves. It kills people, nearly 800,000 people, and going to a million unless we're not going to stop it. More people than were killed in the Second World War. If we don't do this, if we don't do this, then we as a nation are not taking responsibility. It's as bad an enemy as we face in the Second World War and in many ways more erosive because it's fragmenting our society from within. Dr. Levin, thank you so much for your time today. I couldn't agree more. I think you you bring up a really good point. You know, if, if anything, I would have thought that this would bring the country together. We know there's a lot of political division, social division, cultural division in the country. But when this happened about a, a year and a half, two years ago, I thought we would have come together better as a country. But in fact, it appears the opposite has occurred where we've sort of dug our heels in as um, Americans and made up our decision often based on misinformation and just decided that, you know, our individual rights are more important than getting through this. So hopefully that changes. Certainly we want everyone to have their autonomy and their ability to make decisions, but there's so much misinformation out there that it's really frustrating when you hear people say, Oh, there was no trial done. There were, these are not safe. Uh, a lot of misinformation. That's why we're here at Politics and Life Science Radio with guest uh, experts in the field like Dr. Levin to bring factual information and try and sift through some of that information. So thank you again, Dr. Levin, for joining us today. And thank you all for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Politics and Life Sciences Radio with Dr. Dean L. Finelli. For more information, check us out at facebook.com slash politics and life sciences.